The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the fourth ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what's happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Well, as always, it's been another great weekend week of sports. And uh, last week, as all you listeners know, I was in New York City covering the NFL draft at Radio City Music Hall. But today I am back home in Boston, which is uh, this weekend is the sports capital of North America. And by that, I mean no other city in this country is hosting both NHL and NBA playoff games this weekend, let alone in the same building and both are must-win situations. Must-win, you say? The Bruins are up 3-0, and the Celtics are only down 2-0, but back home. In segments 2 and 3, with my upcoming guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department, who I attended Celtics practice with yesterday, we will get into both games and the playoffs in general. Let me begin by wrapping up the NFL draft that I attended last week in New York City a bucket list item, as I've uh, mentioned to my listeners. And let's start with this soundbite from Heisman Trophy winner Mark Ingram from Alabama as he walked on the red carpet preceding round one on Thursday night. With my family, uh, I'm sure they'll start hitting a little bit. Of all the teams, who have you heard from? Do you have a feel for what's going to happen? I have no clue what's going to happen. I have no clue what's about to happen. I guess it's just as good as yours, so um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm anxious, I'm excited, but at the same time, I have no clue what's about to happen. How's your draft experience been? Oh, it's been great. Just the whole process going from the combine to pro day to individual workouts to meeting with the teams. Um, it's, been a, it's been something I've dreamed of my whole life, and now it's draft day, draft night. Um, I'm excited. I'm really, I'm really excited. Change how you, your kind of friends change on you if you're not going to become famous. 
How is that? How has your friends changed what happened? Well, all my close friends that I've considered close friends have stood by my side um, have helped me through this process, through the ups and downs of the process. Those are the guys that are still by my side. Um, friends that are here today, friends that are back at home that weren't able to make it, um, teammates in Tuscaloosa, um, fans in Tuscaloosa. So, um, really, I have a lot of uh, strong support system and I have, to, I have a lot to be thankful for. Mark, Mark, how did the University of Alabama prepare you to be an NFL prospect? I think Coach Saban runs a program that's ran first class. He's a guy that he's going to get the best out of you. He's not going to let you get complacent and he prepares you mentally and physically uh, to be the best you can be and take that step at the next level. And I think that anybody who has played for Coach will tell you that same thing. Mark, New York's a special place for you. You won the Heisman Trophy. Is it great to be back in town and on this special day for yourself? Yes, yeah, definitely. Some of the great events of my life have happened here in New York City and here's another one tonight. So um, New York is going to be one of my favorite cities. <laughs> Mark, you ever heard any Royal Tides in Manhattan? Oh, I just heard one back there, a couple of them. <laughs> what would you like to say to the folks who are, are experiencing that difficult weather down there in Tuscaloosa? Just to keep your heads up. Um, that my heart and prayer goes out to everybody in Alabama, everybody in Tuscaloosa, that my prayer is with you. Um, I send my condolences to all the families and that um, we wish we're, we're going to try to do whatever we can to help out down there. Good luck, Mark. Thank yes, you. Thanks yes. a lot. Well, as you can all tell from listening to that clip of Mark Ingram uh, talking with me and obviously another uh, few reporters on the red carpet outside Radio City Music Hall, right on 6th Avenue between 50th and 51st Street. For any of you who have been to uh, Manhattan, it was quite the exciting atmosphere and uh, fans everywhere on every street corner standing behind the media on the red carpet, and uh, everybody was pretty excited. And that was before the draft even began. Once we got inside, it was great, and I certainly reported last, in last Friday's show everything I saw and heard uh, inside Radio City on Thursday night for round one. So let me just uh, finish up my thoughts on the draft by telling you about rounds two and three, uh, which was Friday night, which was, again, very exciting, but a little quieter than Thursday night, as you would expect. It was uh, not round one. There was not quite the high energy level. However, the NFL did something really cool, which was each of the second round selections was introduced by an all-time great of the team, i.e. Franco Harris introducing the Steelers pick, John Lynch introducing the Bucks pick, and the biggest cheer of the entire night was uh, Barry Sanders introducing the Lions pick, which really made me uh, wonder, you know, we all have talked about Barry Sanders. Did he retire too early? He was obviously at at his peak. And uh, whether he did or whether he didn't, the fact that he got the biggest cheer, and believe me, there was a lot of Hall of Famers there. There was 32 guys who were all household names. And him getting the biggest cheer just told me that, you know, he did retire at the right time because, you know, the memories of him from all football fans everywhere are just so fresh of him uh, literally running at his peak, much like Jim Brown, who retired also at his peak. So, again, uh, you know, Friday night, um, Roger Goodell, the commissioner, was still being booed uh, like he was on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, again, it was... You know, a high-energy atmosphere. It was crowded. It was packed. And uh, 
you know, it, it kind of dwindled down as the night went along. But all in all, it was just another great night. Um, and, you know, just, again, a tremendous two nights. You would have never even known there was a lockout. Uh, the NFL is great at compartmentalizing, shall we say. And, uh, and again, you know, the lockout did not in any way permeate the draft except for potentially the uh, – you know, the booze that still lingered for Commissioner Goodell on Friday night. So once again, just a great, great couple of nights in New York City. And so glad I went. And these are the types of things that we hope to bring to you on All Around Sports, which is me attending sports events uh, nationwide and bringing them to you, my observances, sound bites, and whatnot, uh, so that you can feel like uh, you were there through, through my eyes and ears. Now I'd like to just move into uh, my usual opening segment, which is uh, the highlights, the lowlights, and the bizarre stories of the week. And for me, the highlight of the week, both non-sports and also with a sports twist that I'm going to give to you, was... Uh, the United States Navy SEALs killing Osama bin Laden. It was uh, a 10-year quest that was successfully achieved in the most spectacular fashion possible. Navy SEALs on the ground. And for me, uh, you know, I, I was watching TV about 11.30 on Sunday night, maybe 11 p.m. when the news came across. I, I was a little sleepy here East Coast time, but I must say... Uh, that jolted me to attention, and I stayed up, as I have often in the past, for these types of stories, uh, ground wars and whatnot in the Middle East, uh, till about 2 in the morning, watching everything I could possibly watch and hear. But the highlight for me was Tuesday night in Philadelphia, follow, you know, following this, when uh, the Bru- preceding the Bruins-Flyers playoff game, when uh, Lauren Hart... The daughter of the former broadcaster of the Philadelphia Flyers sang uh, God Bless America and the way they do it with Kate Smith on the screen interspersed with Lauren Hart singing it live is absolutely spectacular. Runs chills up any American's back. And then the highlight was as soon as she finished and everybody was singing along with her much more so than usual, the entire Flyers crowd started chanting USA a la the 1980 Olympic hockey game. So it was just absolutely spectacular. Uh, Now, for the low light of the week, uh, I found this story very odd because I've been watching Dancing with the Stars and uh, saw where Heinz Ward was detained, not arrested, but detained for uh, car theft in Los Angeles, where apparently he is staying for, for... Dancing with the Stars, and he was with a woman whose car, who apparently had reported her car stolen a couple weeks back, and the police pulled him over, and I guess they got it all worked out, and the woman was able to convince the police in L.A. that it was was indeed her car, and so they let Heinz Ward go, although I do believe they cuffed him, but uh, just found that to be a really, really low-light story of the week, but uh, unfortunately, uh, my bizarre story of the week was uh, yet another Pittsburgh Steeler in the news and related to my first topic, my highlight of the week, which of uh, 
course, the Bin Laden killing. And this, no surprise, had to do with uh, running back Richard Mendenhall tweeting his thoughts about 9-11 and the killing of Bin Laden and how it just didn't seem right to him and how people could be, you know, praising murder, so to speak. And the whole tweet was just absolutely bizarre, to say the least. And uh, to say he treaded into dangerous territory is to, you, you know, observe a just mountainous, mountainous understatement. Uh, it brings to mind the, the, the line I like to use often, which is simply, what was he thinking? And he did, to his credit, come out and apologize uh, the very uh, next day, which was good to see, uh, better than nothing, as, we, as they say. But, uh, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, as all you listeners know, two hours east of Pittsburgh in Altoona, Pennsylvania, so I'm a lifelong Steeler fan. I've also covered the team back in the Steel Curtain era. During that dynasty, that's how I started my newspaper career as a reporter, and I'm fortunate enough to know the Roonies, both in a professional and personal manner, and Dan Rooney, the owner of the Steelers, is the U.S. ambassador to Ireland, meaning uh, he is uh, appointed by President Obama, making him a member of the administration, so for Richard Mendenhall to, you know get into this whole area is bizarre and that's why it gets my bizarre story of the week to put it mildly and looks like it's probably going to go away after his apology but uh anyway um those are the highlights lowlights and bizarre story of the week and now as my former co-host for outside the huddle used to say it's uh it's time to pay some bills, so let's take a break. And next on our show will be our guest, Barry Rubenstein from the Sports Department of the New York Post newspaper. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have we got a high energy all access sports show for you 
It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to the second segment of All Around Sports. And to join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And as I mentioned off the top, uh, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post, who is on hold waiting to join us, uh, he and I attended uh Celtics practice yesterday up in Waltham, a suburb outside of Boston, and we're able to talk to a few of the players, collect some of their thoughts, and we're going to play them for you now, and then um, Barry and I are going to talk about what we saw at practice and what our impressions are as the Celtics prepare to play the Heat. So the clips you're going to hear are uh, Doc Rivers talking about the health of the Celtics and the big news on Shaquille O'Neal. It'll be... Glenn Big Baby Davis talking about uh, a conversation he had with John Havlicek yesterday. And then uh, Ray Allen talking about the legacy of the Big Three. So here are the clips, and then Barry and I will join, join you right after they're done playing. It's a matter of driving with force and playing with force. It's not just the work hustle. Uh, I think it's a lot deeper than that. Uh, but we have to do it. What is the health situation Hey, everybody's good, you know, everybody's uh, feeling pretty good. Shaq uh, went through practice, we didn't do anything. We just watched them, walked over a couple stuff, and, and then, you know, the second unit that, you know, worked on their stuff. But uh, right now, we expect every single guy to bring Shaq to play uh, in game two. Was it physically the call Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, today, uh, he could have played in a real game. Uh, but we were not going to let him practice today. This is what his volume or whatever it is. Um, so, uh, but he would be fine. Hey, Ray! Yeah, it is. It is. But everybody else is healthy. You know, because like the frustration and things not working out, you can get all, you know, um, messed up. But uh, I was talking to, to, to Havlicek today. Havlicek stole the ball. <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, I said, which one of these banners do 0-2? And he said the one that stood out to him was the 69, 1969. When they were down 0-2, they came back to win it. And in game seven, against the Lakers. And he was just saying that. 
gonna take everything out, you know, in you to fight and fall back. To get back to that two two to the even, it's gonna take but then it's gonna take something special to finish them off. Has your confidence been, you know, hurt a little bit after what happened down there? Uh team confidence. Not, we didn't we didn't play Southern's basketball. Nobody played the way they were supposed to play. You know, Ray had a good game, first game. Still didn't pull it off. You know, he had other guys that, you know, were po you know, we all supposed to play well, we didn't. You know, it's easy to point the finger and blame and play the blame game, as Kanye West would say. But you gotta go get it. That's all it is right now. You know, um, X's and O's. We can coach. You can coach as much as you want. I still ain't gonna make it happen. You know, it's the guys out there that's gotta make it happen within the, the, the rules of the way the coaches want us to do it. We can go out there and run nothing. You know, once you come to this league, you, you, you never know when you have an opportunity. I think every year you have an opportunity. So I don't look at it like it's a last hurrah. You know, when I got here in 07, everybody was saying, is this your chance this year? You know, and it's four years later. Every year after 07, 08, it was the same question. 09 is the same question. So it's uh, really it, between me, myself, and uh, Kevin, Paul, me, myself, that's two people, huh? <laughs> me, yeah, me, Kevin, and uh, between me, Kevin, and Paul, it's, you know, we, we feel good about who we are and what we're doing and, you know, making sure we just stay true and then one day we'll say okay it's over and then that, that's when we'll talk about it and we'll be able to reflect over what we've done but right now never going to sell ourselves down river it's a great opportunity to win games win a lot of games and continue to do it for many more years well there you have it voice america listeners that was doc rivers glenn big baby davis and ray allen in order uh from yesterday's Celtics practice, and it's that time of the show when we uh, invite guests to join us in all-around sports. So I would like to uh, and welcome yet again Barry Rubenstein from the sports department of the New York New Post newspaper, who was with me at Celtics practice, uh, collecting some of those sound bites. And Barry, how are you today? I'm well, John. How are you? Good, good. Thank you again for calling in, and thank you for going to practice with me yesterday. Uh, Obviously, the, the big news of the day, and we heard it right from Doc Rivers, uh, is Shaq is supposed to play tomorrow night. What do you think about that? What impact will he have? Well, you know, it, it, it's, a lot depends on how, how healthy or unhealthy he is. Um, you know, obviously, as, as Doc said, you know, we, all he pretty much knows is that he'll be big. So you know, if, if, uh, if he just shows up and hopefully not... Uh, doesn't aggravate his uh, his calf injury. You know uh, he should be able to give uh, give the Celtics a little uh, little depth uh, on the front line. And um, you know they they they, they, they seem to me yesterday, and I think you probably would agree with this. They seemed uh, they seemed very loose yesterday and very relaxed of, of the players that we saw and spoke with. And um, you know I, I think that's a good sign uh, for the Celtics. You know um, even though. If you look at history, you know only one team, as as uh, as Big Baby mentioned, uh, the John Havlicek 1969 uh, 
championship team. The only time the Celtics have ever come back from a 2 nothing deficit to win the series. But uh, there's a couple of things going for them in this series. I mean, they're going home for one thing, which is always a good thing. Unlike the Lakers, uh, who are down 2 nothing and going on the road for the next two, with a much different situation. Um, you know, Lakers have uh, you know, a little bit of angst going on, and people are wondering what's going on out there. Uh, but uh, the Celtics are a little banged up, and they're going against a very, uh, obviously a very talented team in the Heat. But, you know, I expect the Celtics to win at least one of these two games, maybe even both, just to get back in the series. But, uh, you know, they, they're, they're resolved. They have the resolve, and, uh, you know, they have some confidence. And, you know, you know uh, a visit from a Hall of Famer never hurts. So, um, you know, when John Havlicek stopped by practice yesterday and spoke to some of the guys, and, you know, especially, and the thing that impressed me, you know, especially you know, someone like uh, Big Baby, who's obviously a young guy, him, you know, knowing the legacy and the history uh, of Havlicek and the history of the Celtics, and that, that's something I think that's really drummed into these guys, and they see it all the time. And you know, the banners hang from the wall in practice, and uh, you know, it's always there. It's always, it's it's a big part of what they do and who they are. So you know, I think they embrace that, and I think that's that's a big intangible in their favor, certainly. Great observations, Barry, and many of, and I agree with every single one of them. Yeah, the Celtics practice facility is is a mini garden, and. You know the tradition just literally drips off the uh, off the walls, and you know I, I don't know that there's any organization in sports that you know threads the <clears throat> dynasties together like the Celtics. And again, John Havlicek as as Celtics PR director uh, Jeff Twist was told us uh, he, he as we speak he's literally winging his way to. St. Andrews, Scotland, for a little golf, which I think is great that he's living living the life like that. And uh, and as he said to Jeff, you know, he just thought he'd stop by. And you know, this uh, living up here in Boston, you just see this all the time, where it could be Bill Russell or Tom Heinsohn or Larry Bird, whomever. Just if they're you know just stopping by a practice or a shoot around on game day, and it's just a wonderful thing. And. Uh, you know, so tomorrow night, as I said at the top, it's a must-win game for the Celtics, and uh, you know, all elements in Boston are ready. And by that, I mean everything from former players to the city itself to the fans. I mean, it, it's just uh, you, you know, easily the game of the year, and the city is really fired up for that, to say the least. Uh, but you know, you mentioned the Lakers, and. Obviously, they are in a must-win game tonight versus the Mavs, and which I think has shocked the basketball world, winning two in L.A. What are your thoughts on that? Um, a little bit of a, of a surprise, but it's like, you know, they're, they're getting a little long in the tooth. And, you know, Kobe is, uh, you know, I think the, the miles are starting to show a little bit. And, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of wondering what the heck is going on out there. I mean, uh, you know, there have been three teams in NBA history that have won a seven-game series after losing the first two at home. So that, that, is, that has happened, but as we know, no team has ever come back from a, from a 3-0 deficit in that situation. So, you know, uh, Kobe said that they're desperate. Um, you know, when you play desperate, you don't play your best basketball, and they need to relax. So, but, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, as we've spoken about in the past uh, on the show, you know, sometimes going on the road is a good thing. Sometimes it, it helps teams focus. Uh, it can help them really concentrate on what on what their 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 business is to do. Um, you know, obviously in this situation, it's it's, it's pretty dire. You know, down two nothing going on the road, and you lose your first two at home. 
Uh, you know, it's a totally different animal than the Celtics Heat series. But, uh, you know, they certainly, there's, there's certainly championship pedigree out in L.A., and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're looking to kind of get back on the field a little bit. It's going to be difficult, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're coming home, that situation's a little easier because you're expected to, to win or at least represent yourself. When you go on the road, you know, a little more difficult. So, um, you know, in fact, uh, Phil Jacks even joked about uh, flogging the Lakers to get them motivated. So, you know, at least he still has a sense of humor. But I don't know if they flogged some of those guys, you know, maybe that might uh, knock them out of game three. So, um, you know, things are pretty fragile out in L.A. right now, it seems. To say the least, uh, well, flogging might be in order for them, and uh, I don't think any Celtics fans would be against that. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, now before break, we're down to uh, under two minutes here. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Memphis Grizzlies, who seem to have become uh, somewhat of America's darlings against Oklahoma City, who's also sort of America's darlings? Uh, what are your thoughts on that series, quickly? Yeah, this is a, this is a very interesting series. Um, you know, you have two teams that uh, you know, traditionally uh, haven't you know really been on the you know, on the radar of uh, of the NBA and. Uh, NBA fans certainly, and you know when you're going to have you're going to have one of these teams and going to the conference finals. So you know they're tied right now, and I think that's only fitting that they are tied. So um, you know you have uh, you know two teams that are really looking to kind of make a name for themselves, and I, you know a lot of people have been you know talking up the Thunder this year as a team that's kind of you know, they were they, they were kind of uh, you know, they they definitely flew under the radar last year, and you know certainly more people are aware of them and. The young star Kevin Durant, who can who can play for anybody, um, you know, he certainly gives them a big advantage. And you know, the Grizzlies with Zach Randolph, you know, the, both of those teams did very well in the first round. And um, I think it's 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 always good to have new blood in uh, in a playoff situation, especially as you get on to the the conference semis and uh, you know in the conference finals. So um, yeah, that's that that's a fun series to watch too. It's all, like I said, it's always fun watching teams that uh, you know that. Really, you don't uh, you don't get to see very often, and now on a national stage, they're they're getting to show their stuff. I agree. I agree. Good observation. And, and lastly, in in one sentence or less, uh, Atlanta, Chicago. What are your thoughts? Um, well, it's just tied right now, but uh, I, I I do think that the uh, you know, Hawks are Hawks have the edge talent wise, and uh, you know a lot more is expected of them. Um, you know, Atlanta's. Uh, Accounted well for themselves too, but uh, you know I expect the Bulls to to bounce back and uh, you know take this series. You know, I think they I think they have the talent. I think they have the drive. And you know as long as uh, as long as Derrick Rose is healthy, you know I, I would give them the advantage. Wonderful, Barry. And uh, when we come back after this uh, after this break, we're going to discuss the other must win game in Boston tonight, which is the Bruins versus the Flyers. Revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. How do you feel about high fences? Is it fair chase? Chiming in this week is Keith Warren with the High Road, Pat Boyer with Northwest Outdoors, David Morris with the Bucks of Tecamonte, and Don Freeland with Women Hunt 2. And it's sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America, to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm here with Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And as promised, uh, we're now going to talk about the other must-win game this weekend in Boston, which is tonight when the Bruins take their 3-0 lead into their game against the Flyers at the Boston Garden. And uh, I'm sure you're... Wondering why I would think that tonight is a must-win game with the Bruins ahead 3-0 in games. But as we here in Boston so painfully understand, uh, they collapsed last year when they were ahead of the Flyers, the very same Flyers, when they were ahead 3-0, not only in games, but also at a 3-0 lead midway through the first period of Game 7 in Boston. So the city, uh, I, I do think the Bruins will win tonight. The, the Flyers, particularly their goaltending, appears to be in disarray. However, the weight on this game is incredible. It, does, it is literally a must-win game. Uh, having lived through both sides of 3-0 collapses, meaning the Red Sox coming back to beat the Yankees in 0-4 and witnessing the collapse of the Bruins last year against the Flyers, I, I, I think I have a little perspective on the rhythm of what happens if uh, in a 3-0 series if a team can win. And it's simply put, uh, you know, if the Bruins lose tonight, they go back to Philly. And you can be sure Philly will win that game. Then game six is back in Boston, and as someone who lives here, I can tell you the pressure would be all-consuming on the Bruins to win game six, that I think it would be too much and they wouldn't win it. And then Game 7 back in Philly, uh, enough said. Uh, I have no doubt that the Flyers would win. So you, they've got their, their foot on their throat. They can't let them up. They simply must win tonight. This city has just been waiting 40 years for a Stanley Cup, and it really uh, you know, will unleash all its fury if the, if the Bruins can't finish the job tonight. So, Barry, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said, John. And uh, you know, I, I I think that it is 
paramount for them to win uh, to win Game Four tonight. Um, you know, it, it's a situation that is very similar to last year. I mean, eerily similar. Uh, fact of the matter is, and as, as you mentioned, the Flyers are not really the same team. I mean, their 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 goaltending situation is a joke, and you, know, you kind of put a lot of that on the coach Pierre Lavalette. I, I just don't see how a team can play in front of a, a situation like that when you know, every time the goalie makes a mistake, he's, he's looking to the bench seeing if he's going to get yanked. Um, you know, your goaltending and your defense is, is what carries you in the playoffs traditionally uh, in the Stanley Cup tournament. So if you don't have that going for you, I, I just don't see how a team can uh, can succeed playing that way. And also, uh, you know, another big factor is you know they've been playing for the most part without Chris Pronger, who's been injured and. Uh, here's a guy with a Stanley Cup ring. He's been a, such a big influence there, and the, the combination of, of him not being there and also uh, the goaltending being an absolute joke, uh, you know, those are bets both uh, in the Bruins' favor. Also in the Bruins' favor, besides the fact that they're up three nothing, is the fact that I think that the, you know, the players understand the gravity of the situation. You know, they're not relaxing. They're not ta- they're not taking the, the the foot off the pedal. You know, they're saying all the right things. Uh, you know, they know they have to stay intense and all that. You know, that obviously we'll see if that translates to uh, you know, to the play on the ice tonight. I, I think it will. I do expect that they'll win tonight, and uh, I, I think they will advance. And you know, just the fact that they they understand the gravity of the situation uh, is a good thing. And you, know, you just you just you just don't want to give a team like the Flyers uh, a chance to you know. Hang around, you know. I, I I was kind of surprised listening to some uh, talk radio in Boston yesterday, and the, the commentators on a couple of different stations were were saying pretty much the same thing. Like, you know, hey, this is in the bag; it's over. You know, yeah, they're going to win. Uh, let's embrace this. And I'm thinking, no, you can't. I mean, it's never over. Until, <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty good, but it's never over until you have that fourth win. So, uh, I was I was kind of surprised to. Uh, to hear that kind of talk, and I was actually sitting in my car talking back to them. So <laughs> it's a good thing they knew what I had to say. They wouldn't have liked it, but um, you're right. No, you can't. You, you can't, and you, you you have to win games. I agree totally with with the scenario you laid out. I think I think what would happen would be very close to to, to how you mapped it out. You know, you don't want, you just don't want to you just don't want to go there if you're the Bruins. So you know, I I think that uh, you know all points. All things point to them winning tonight. You know they have, they'll have their head on straight. If they come out fast as they did in Game Three, then it's, then it's done. I agree, Barry. I heard the same things on Boston Sports Radio yesterday. Today, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Can't believe they were watching what I'm what was watching a year ago this week. And uh, let's just hope that the Bruins do not go up three to nothing in goals tonight during, at any point during this game, because then we'll all get really nervous. And lastly. The Flyers are going to come out like rabid dogs tonight. There's no team better equipped for obvious reasons to pull this off and in the short term to win tonight in the Garden than the Flyers. And uh, well, they have to. They have no choice. You know, if if, if they right, don't, exactly. then if they don't, then they go home, and then you know, then they're left with uh, with uh, you know a few months to think about it. So they really have no choice. If they don't come out fast, if the, and again, if if uh, if, if if Game Four starts like Game Three did, then you know, then forget about it. Doesn't matter if you bring Bernie Perron back; it's, it's not going to make a difference. So they 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 have no choice. They have to play desperate, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully for them they can do it. Hopefully for the Bruins they won't. So you know, it, uh, that's I think I think I think you're going to know how this game is going to work is going to uh, is going to play out just from the first five minutes. I think uh, you'll be able to tell a lot from from how the game unfolds right off the bat. 
I agree wholeheartedly. I was in a Boston restaurant having dinner the other night when Game 3 popped on, and those first two goals in the first two minutes, uh, the place absolutely erupted. It was the quickest two goals in the history of the Boston Bruins franchise, which is around 80, 85 years old, so it was pretty special. And uh, talking about not-so-special, we've got to go to the Washington Capitals getting swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning, and... I don't know what it is about the Capitals. I mean, I find them a completely mystifying team. Um, You know, obviously a lot of talent there. I know a lot of people in Washington. I was in Washington in October and actually went into the restaurant that Alexander Ovechkin likes to, to go to. It's a Russian restaurant in DuPont Circle. And, you know, they love their caps down there. And... This team has just underachieved. I watched the HBO series that gave you such an insight into both the Capitals and the Penguins, and they won the Winter Classic up in Pittsburgh. And But year in, year out, they are not the same team in the postseason that they are in the regular season. I don't know if the word's chokers at this point, but uh, the owner, Ted Leonis, apologized yet again, third, fourth year in a row. So what is up with the Washington Capitals? It's, it, 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 there is kind of a, what, what did Winston Churchill used to say uh, about the about this old Soviet Union, or a mystery wrapped in a riddle, wrapped, wrapped in an enigma, something very close to that. I, I think you could say the same yeah. about the Caps. I mean, they... Very good observation. Yeah, they, 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 they've, they've certainly got the talent. I mean, you know, guys like uh, uh, Ovechkin and, uh, and Semin, and like, they have some big backliners, but it, it, they've, you know... It, they're 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 a tough one. They're tough to figure out. You know, every year you, every year they're favored to go very far, and every year they they disappoint. And you know, I think a lot of this has to you know, unfortunately, the way the way sports work. I mean, you know how it is, and the listeners know how it is. You don't fire the players. Uh, the, the coach is always the one who on the hot seat. So, you know, I think Ted Ted uh, Leonsis is going to get tired of uh, apologizing, and um, he may have to apologize to Bruce Boudreau when he fires him. So, I, I don't know. Um, it's it's a, it, it's really tough. I mean, somebody has to has to take the fall for something like this, and you just can't keep you know ha- keep putting out a product that uh, people expect more from, and it just they just they just don't deliver. I don't know if it's a, if it's a become a mental a mental thing with them at this point. Maybe it has. You know, um, you know. Uh, I think I I I think the Rangers you know gave them as much of a fight as the rangers could have i mean they were they were outmanned certainly uh you know, the caps had more talent but uh yeah, i think if the rangers had had uh, ryan Callahan playing the things might have worked out different in the first round and we would have would have been having this conversation last week instead of this week but yeah it, it's it's a mystery i don't have any answers really it's 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 it, they're they're disappointed they're shocked um you know even the, the quotes coming out of washington they're, they're just they don't even know what to say the they they don't have a response either. They don't really know. They seem just shell shocked. So um, it's going to be a very interesting off season uh, in DC for the Capitals. That's for sure. And uh, you know I, I I don't I don't expect uh, I don't expect Boudreaux to go unscathed. I just I just think you know you're, you're going to just just have to make a move somewhere. And I I it would be unfortunate, but you know I don't know where else you turn. Yeah, well, usually when nobody has any answers, that can also be the precursor to change. So we'll see if Bruce Boudreau survives. Uh, I hope he does. He was so entertaining with his uh, language on the HBO yeah, he was, series. He was to put definitely it mildly. It was incredible. <laughs> sure. 
So, Barry, uh, just real quickly, let's touch on the other couple series. I watched Vancouver beat Nashville last night, 4-2. to two. Uh, They look pretty good. They look like they're, uh, they're ready. I think so. I mean, you know, they, and there's another team, you know, again, you know, us on the East Coast, you know, a lot of people don't pay that close attention to things going on to, with teams in the West, but Vancouver had a great regular season. Um, you know, the Sabine brothers are, are among the top players in the NHL, and you have a player like uh, Ryan Kessler who played, uh, who played so well in the Olympics for Team USA. It's all kind of coming together for them, and, uh, you know, they, they – Got off to a lead against the uh, the Blackhawks, and then they got in trouble a little bit. But then they closed out the Blackhawks, kind of shut the door on them, and uh, you know now they're ahead three one on Nashville. So you know they 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 still, all signs seem to be uh, them uh, gaining a berth in in the Western Conference Finals. So they're uh, uh, I think things are rolling really well for Vancouver, and you know, and then. On the other side of the western coin, you have uh, San Jose, which which also looks great, and uh, you know it, they're kind of uh, taking it to uh, to the old boys from Detroit. So this might be you know you talk about last we talked about last Shiraz before a little bit, uh, you know Ray Allen talking about the Celtics, but I think here's a situation where you have you know kind of the old guard in um, in Detroit. It might be their their last hurrah for a lot of these guys um, for the Datsuks and. Uh, and the Lidstroms and a lot of a lot of these guys that have won so many Stanley Cups and have been have been such great players for that franchise. But you know, age catches up with everybody, and I think uh, it might be their time to kind of step aside, and maybe it's San Jose's time to to step forward. And they've got a lot of talent out there too. And again, a team that people don't really hear much about. But uh, I I think uh, I think uh, a Sharks Canucks conference final is going to be really entertaining. That's going to be a true. Ter- Terrific series to watch. I think a lot of a lot of goal scoring, a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I think it'll be fabulous, and uh, I expect Detroit to really come out, uh, you know, showing the old champions that they are, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I expect that to be very entertaining tonight. And Barry, once again, thank you so much for your wonderful perspective. Uh, you can bring it like nobody else I know. Uh, you're in the New York Post sports department newsroom five nights a week so you're seeing things up close and getting perspective that simply nobody else can bring to the table so as always i welcome you coming on the show and thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today yeah and then then the checks in the mail so you'll be receiving Uh, that shortly for all those kind words i appreciate that i'm glad to hear that i'll be looking for it (laughs) (laughs) all right so we'll now take our break and come on in the fourth segment to talk about uh What's coming up for this week? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America, to the fourth and final segment of Week 4 of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Before I get into my picks of the weekend, there was one uh, other point I wanted to make regarding the Celtics, which was... This past week in the Heat game when Rajon Rondo was lying on his stomach with a trainer working on his back, that was one of the scariest things that any Boston Celtic fan could ever see because we all remember so well the early 90s when Larry Bird used to lie in that exact same position. It was just so eerily similar. It was indeed the scariest moment of the week. And uh, let's hope that it's no lingering issue for Rajon Rondo and that uh, and Doc Rivers, again, spoke to me yesterday and said that he uh, that every member of the Celtics is healthy and ready to go tomorrow night, so let's hope that's the case. And uh, so for my picks of the weekend, uh, for me and for many Americans, it's the most exciting two minutes in sports tomorrow at approximately 6 p.m. post-time. Simply the, put the Kentucky Derby, and it's just one of the great world sports events every year. It's just electric from Churchill Downs. I've talked about uh, the draft, NFL draft, uh, being on my bucket list, and now I have crossed it off. And uh, so moving up one place on my top five bucket list items is the Kentucky Derby. So hopefully I'll get there soon. Um, it just, I, I have friends who have gone. Everybody just says it is absolutely positively as good as it gets in American sports. And uh, one person to be looking for tomorrow who thinks exactly like, uh, like I do regarding the Kentucky Derby is Tom Brady, who uh, went, Five, six, seven years ago for the first time, fell in love with it, and to the best of my knowledge, uh, has been to every single Kentucky Derby since. Saw a picture of him in this morning's paper that he was in New York City last night versus other areas of the world where he is often found, which tells me that uh, if he's in New York last night, that tells me he's poised to get down to Louisville. Uh, in time for the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. So when you're watching the pregame, the red carpet, pregame, pre-race, the red carpet, that type of thing, uh, I'd be looking for Tom Brady and uh, 
potentially his wife, supermodel Giselle Bündchen, uh, although uh, in previous years, one of the things that Brady did was he took his, some of his fellow patriots uh, down in the very earliest years, six, seven years ago. He used to take his offensive linemen down, which is really cool. And then I know he's also taken many others uh, as the years have gone by. So I'll be curious. Will he be there? And if he's there, assuming he is there, will he be with his wife and or fellow Patriot players? So that will bear watching. And again, uh, most exciting two minutes in sports. There's just nothing like it. Uh, so I think we'll all be tuning into that. And as far as the uh, rest of the weekend, I've already talked about... Uh, you know, tonight is uh, the Bruins-Flyers. Must win. Game four for the Bruins. That's going to be fabulous theater, I think, nationwide, but particularly up here in Boston. And then, uh, you know, in the other game in hockey tonight, we have Detroit making a final stand at Joe Louis Arena, hockey town, uh, against the San Jose uh against San Jose, who's trying to sweep them. So that ought to be fascinating as well. And then we also have uh, in the NBA tonight, we have the the Lakers-Mavs game, which ought to just be superior television. And uh, just cannot wait to watch that. And it looks like it's starting at 9.30 Eastern time, which is uh, terrific because by that time the Bruins game should be over. So just roll right into that one. And that'll be must-see TV. And then the other game uh, in the NBA tonight will be, you know, Atlanta versus Chicago. And again, that series is tied 1-1. First game in Atlanta after two in Chicago. So this is going to be a big, big game. Uh, You know, can Chicago um, steal a game in Atlanta to get the upper hand? Or can Atlanta hold serve and uh, then Hopefully, and then they hope to do it the next game, which would give them a 3-1 lead going back to Chicago. So I think that is going to be an excellent game. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock, head-to-head against the Derby. Memphis Grizzlies versus uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, obviously, that'll be you know some last channel, uh, channel surfing, hitting last channel, going back and forth between the Derby and that with that unique starting time. And then what is, for me, the game of the weekend, which is Celtics-Lakers. Trust me when I tell you that the city of Boston is completely fired up for that, and whatever part of them is not fired up and for the Bruins will be transferred over starting tonight around 9.30 or 10 to the Celtics, and the crowd tomorrow night will be ravenous. I guarantee you uh, getting the feel for they were loose yesterday, but there was also an intense focus at the Celtics practice. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to where I'm going to gain additional perspective. Uh, I am going to be attending with my media credentials from Voice America, the Miami Heat practice and shoot around tomorrow morning at the Boston Garden. The Heat are arriving tonight here in Boston. So I'm going to be going to that, and uh, can't wait to see uh, how how their mindset is tomorrow morning, a mere seven, eight hours before the game. And uh, I'll certainly be reporting on that next week. And in addition, next week, uh, I'll be, we'll be playing an interview I conducted uh, 
yesterday with former Texas Tech football coach Mike Leach. He and I had a great conversation. He has some great perspective on the just-passed NFL draft, what he's up to these days, and what the future may hold for him. So with that, I look forward to talking to you again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Voice America listeners, and again, thank you so much for joining today's show. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.